Today's reading comes from Mark 12, verses 28 to 34, generally known as the greatest commandment. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Well said, teacher, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, and with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then on, no one dared ask him any more questions. Well, over the last couple of weeks, we have been um, kind of working through uh, what we believe our, our vision as a, as a congregation is here in this community. Uh, so we've been working through the statement, growing, sharing, serving, connected by Jesus. And the last two weeks, our scripture passage has been uh, some version of the Great Commission, we t looked at uh, Matthew's version of that, which uh, Jesus says, go into all the world and make disciples. And so we believe that growing and, and learning as um, disciples, as people who are committed to following Jesus, is a core part of what we are about as a congregation, learning more and more about what it means to live out the teachings of Jesus and to um, have our the way we live, shaped by Jesus. And then we looked at Luke's version of the Great Commission out of Acts, which he, Jesus says to his disciples, you will be my witnesses in, Ju in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so they go and they proclaim the good news in the way they live, but also in the words that they speak. They are teaching people about Jesus. They are sharing the hope of the good news of Jesus. And so this week we are looking at um, another core scripture, which, uh, as Lee said, is called the Great Commandment. Love God and love your neighbor. A little bit of the context of this scripture as it appears in Mark. The Sadducees, which were some of the, the religious elite, uh, the wealthy uh, religious leaders and scribes, are kind of having a conversation with Jesus. And they're asking this new rabbi on the scene what his opinion of the greatest commandment is. It's a very Jewish question. They all want to know, what's your opinion? 
And so Jesus has asked his opinion, and Jesus, uh, at least correctly in the minds of the scribes, cites Deuteronomy 6.4, which is called the Shema. It is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, or the Lord alone. It was a central statement of the Jewish faith that there is one God, that he is God over all. But Jesus doesn't stop there. He goes on to connect that with loving your neighbors. It seems simple enough, love your neighbors. But with Jesus, he seems to always step things up and and points to uh, something beyond just the the simple living uh, or the simple interpretation of neighbors. And it often makes us uncomfortable. So as we take a look at this this morning, would you pray with me? Jesus, we thank you for your words. We thank you for the simplicity of them. And we also pray for your strength in living out the the depth of these words. May the words of my mouth and meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Jesus ties loving God to loving our neighbors. And neighbor for us often carries a connotation of those that live close to us. And so we might talk about our next door neighbor. We might talk about our neighbors as the community around us. Um, We often associate that word neighbor with being friendly. Maybe we've heard the phrase, well, that's awfully neighborly of you. And we usually mean that's that's a kind, nice thing to do. Or Fred Rogers asked, won't you be my neighbor? Uh, And we associate that with the kindness and and the friendliness of Fred Rogers. But in Luke's version of the Great Commandment, which comes in Luke chapter 10, verses 25 to 37, uh, Jesus cites Deuteronomy 6.4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And he ties that to Leviticus 19.18, which is love your neighbor as yourself as an introduction to the parable of the Good Samaritan. This is where the scholar, in questioning Jesus, doesn't leave well enough alone, and he pushes Jesus, and he says, well, who is my neighbor? Who is this person that I'm supposed to love? Jesus tells the story of the Good Samaritan, and the hero of this story, of course, is not the the Jewish elites, it's not the religious scholars, it's not even the common faithful Jew. In the minds of those that Jesus tells this story to, it is a dirty, rotten Samaritan who loves through serving the other. Kind of a a shocking story. And in this way, Jesus is expanding what we're supposed to think of as our neighbor. For Jesus' neighbor is any human that we come in contact with. Any human who bears the image of God. So how has service come to play such a significant role in the life of Spring Creek? Why does it seem that service seems so central to our mission, to our our programs, to the things that we do? I've been um, a part of the Church of the Brethren for my entire life, 
And I've never walked into a Church of the Brethren congregation that didn't say service is at the center or near the center of what we do. It's ingrained in who we are. And I think that comes biblically because uh, service is such an important uh, thing. Serving and loving people in practical ways is uh, woven throughout Scripture. We're called to care for the vulnerable, and, and this is a consistent refrain throughout Scripture. Israel is judged for the way that it fails to help the poor and the strangers and failing to administer justice in their own nation, in their own community. The prophets show up and and they are critiquing the kings and, and the nation for the way that they're failing to treat the poor and the strangers in their midst. One of the prophets, Micah 6.8, we hear these words, Do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with your God. The great commandment to love God and love your neighbor is based in the Old Testament law. Of course, Jesus reflects on this and pushes us in the story of the Good Samaritan, uh, where he expands the idea of neighbor. Matthew 25, Jesus is talking about judgment based on how prisoners, the poor, the thirsty, and foreigners are treated. And Jesus says these words, whatever you did to the least of these brothers of mine, you did to me. Of course, another uh, passage of scripture that's kind of central to our life at Spring Creek is uh, the Sermon on the Mount, which is uh, all throughout that is, is woven. How we treat those around us matters to Jesus. In John chapter 13, which is a, a passage we'll be reflecting on a little bit more next week, Jesus washes his disciples' feet. It is an act of love. It is an act of self-sacrificial service. And this passage of Scripture has become central to us because of uh, love feast. And we practically live out these words. Our belief is that with the towel and the cross of self-sacrificial service, it is with these instruments that the powers of the age are conquered. Of course, we see... The care for one another, service, lived out in the early church. In Acts chapter 2, the early church, motivated by the Holy Spirit, lives uh, out in a radical cooperation with one another, caring for the physical needs of one another. We start to see the beginning of some kind of church structure start to take shape as deacons are selected to care for the physical needs of the widows and the orphans living in their midst. Historically, service has played such an important role uh, in our church, in our tradition. When there have been plagues and epidemics throughout church history, it's followers of Jesus who have risen to care for the sick and the vulnerable. This is not the first pandemic, epidemic, uh, large-scale sickness that has happened. And frequently throughout history, it has been those Followers of Jesus who have stepped up and cared for the sick and the poor. In fact, um, back in ancient Rome, there were Roman officials that were writing letters to one another trying to figure out why these Christians were caring for all of the sick and the poor. Why are they taking care of our people? 
They were living out their faith. They were serving those in need. In the 16th century, radical reformers wanted to revive the example of the early church. And so they placed a renewed emphasis on living out their faith in practical ways. There were some other uh, reformers, Martin Luther uh, in particular, who um, really was teaching that the only thing that mattered about our faith is what we believe, what we, what we say. That's the only thing that matters. And, and along comes these radical reformers that say, look, it's not just what we say we believe. It's how we live it out. It's how we act in everyday life. This matters because it mattered to Jesus. Jesus calls us to love in practical ways those around us. Later for the radical reformers, serving one another, working in cooperation with one another, became a means of survival when they were persecuted in Europe. They had to work with one another. And out of this kind of sprung the, the mutual aid model, pooling their resources, taking care of one another. In some ways we uh, see just a, a, a faint reminder of that in, in the Amish, in, in the barn raisings, in the way they uh, handle their uh, health insurance such as it is. They, they continue to care for one another and meet each other's needs. Service to our neighbors has continued with the Anabaptist tradition as conscientious objectors to wars of nations sought ways of alternative service, which often came in forms of community service. And so uh, this service has been woven into the fabric of our uh, the way we understand scripture, the way we try to follow Jesus, it is woven into our history and our traditions. And so it has been handed down to us, this emphasis of loving people around us in practical ways. So service today is displayed through a number of programs and efforts uh, that we're a part of here at Spring Creek through Brethren Housing Association, which provides housing and training opportunities for at-risk women and children. Uh, we're tied in with the, the Hershey Food Bank and Community Outreach, which assist in caring for the hungry and those uh, close local neighbors that we have. We support friends who furnish and, and Beth and, and company, those that she gets to help uh, deliver furniture. When people need help making uh, their house a home, sometimes they just need some, some furniture and, and other practical things. And there's a way that we can show love, we can help them out, and it gives us opportunities to speak into their lives. Of course, we're uh, connected with Love, Inc. in a number of programs through the, the shoe drive, the personal care closet, uh, the parsonage ministry. These are all practical ways that we can show the love of Jesus to our neighbors. And those are local neighbors. Outside of these local efforts, we help support disaster relief ministries. We help support the uh, Center for Caring, Empowerment, and Peace Initiative 
which is for short called CEPI. And what CEPI is is a program in Nigeria that helps uh, particularly women and children learn a trade and it gives them an opportunity to help themselves out of uh, cycles of poverty and um, when they have been displaced from their homes because of insurgents and things like that, they have an opportunity to get back on their feet. We're part of the Global Food Initiative. We've supported Indian mobile missions and church world services. I wanted to say something uh, about the disaster relief trips because in the last few years we've renewed these trips to go and give of our time and our talents as well as our treasure. And when Brethren Disaster Ministries uh, goes out, it feels really a unique role in serving the victims of disasters. Uh, The Red Cross and uh, Mennonite Central Committee are some of the first programs that go in when a disaster hits. And they're caring for the immediate uh, physical and emotional needs of a community that has just been hit by a hurricane or tornadoes or wildfires or anything like that. But what Brethren Disaster Ministries does is they're going in months and sometimes years after a disaster has hit. And they continue the rebuilding effort to rebuild homes, in particular often in places uh, that are low income. And so often these are homes that the the homeowners haven't had great financial resources to kind of uh, expedite the rebuilding process. And so I, I, I love that uh, Brethren Disaster Ministries is filling this unique role in extending the recovery effort. Long after the, the first responder type uh, organizations have gone in and left, Brethren Disaster Ministries comes in and continues to rebuild. One of the ways that we hand this on to uh, our young folks is through youth work camps and, and uh, serving at the Lebanon Rescue Mission and a number of other ways that we encourage our young folks to learn what it means to go and to serve those around them. You know, I've gone on a number of these youth work camps and, you know, I think there's often a misconception that we're going to go and we're going to help them. But what I've found is with uh, these youth work camps, the person that has changed most, I'm convinced, in that is me. Because I learn what it means to walk in the shoes of another. I experience life through, through their eyes. Uh, one of the trips that I got to go on that was most impactful for me was a trip to Pine Ridge Indian Reservation in South Dakota. And yeah, we, we did some Uh, practical service things. We built a a wheelchair ramp for a lady. We helped to rebuild some homes. But to see and experience what brothers and sisters in Christ who are Native American uh, go through and and to experience a little bit of um, just the the brokenness that was happening at the reservation there uh, really opened my eyes to see how others live. And uh, so it starts to transform your heart, and um, those are just beautiful moments to walk in the shoes of another. You know, months ago, when we were kind of in this visioning process, 
There was a guy, Stan Duick, who was here, kind of just helping us put into words what is most important to us. I think that's one of the things that Stan did for us was um, just help us open our eyes to our own life. Sometimes as insiders, we don't see what's going on. And he asked me, what have I experienced as values at Spring Creek? And among some other things, I said, you know, one of the things that's important to this congregation is service in the name of Jesus. That we care about loving those around us in practical ways and letting them know that that's because Jesus has loved us and blessed us and given us opportunities. And we want you to know the love of Jesus and we want you to know that we love you and care for you. Sharing the love of Jesus and our own love in ways of serving those around us. So we're a congregation that believes serving in love, serving as a practical expression of the love that we have been shown by Jesus and that we show to others around us. I think this continues to be important to our life, to our ministry, to our programs here at Spring Creek. We're going to respond now by singing a hymn, Will You Let Me Be Your Servant? Uh, this is just a practical reminder of ways that you and I are called to love and to serve one another and to love and serve our neighbors, the community around us. Uh, so let's sing together. Will you let me be your servant? There are lots of ways that we can continue to serve in love. Those around us who need help getting groceries or maybe just need someone to visit through the window or th through the door right now. Uh, there's those around us that are students, teachers, and families, and they're trying to navigate school and the changes that continue to occur. There are practical ways that we can reach out and serve and love. There are folks around us dealing with anxiety for a whole host of reasons that need someone to listen to their story. And so there are ways that we can continue to serve in love. I want to invite you uh, to Love Feast next week as we kind of tie in these themes of growing, of sharing, serving, connected by Jesus. Love Feast is a way that we kind of tie it all together, growing as disciples of Jesus, uh, retelling the story of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, uh, his, his death in the place of sinners. It's a practical example of serving one another in love, and of course it is all centered on being connected to God by Jesus, connected to one another as the church through Jesus. So I want to invite you to Love Feast next week. May the grace and the peace of the Lord Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness and protect you through the storms. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. Go in peace. Have a great week, Spring Creek.